Hello, and welcome to another episode of Wealth Planning Eliminated. I am your host, Teresa Marks, a senior wealth strategist at CIBC Private Wealth in the U.S. I am joined today by my colleague, Becky Milliman, also a senior wealth strategist at CIBC Private Wealth. In today's episode, Becky and I will discuss deciding how to distribute your wealth, and in particular, looking at some key questions that you might ask yourself as you develop your estate plan. This is part two in our four-part series focusing on estate planning fundamentals. Okay, let's get started. A lot of our clients, when they start thinking about their estate plan, they're focused a lot on maximizing what their children or their, you know, their, their surviving spouse may receive at their death. But I think just as important, if, if sometimes not more important, is how will they receive Absolutely. the asset? So are there some questions or kind of key considerations they should be thinking about, you know, kind of beyond that maximizing philosophy and really, th- you know, what should they be thinking about in terms of how to distribute their wealth? When we're talking about a married couple, when the first spouse passes away, I think they need to give some thought to, do they want all of the wealth to become available for the surviving spouse's mm-hmm. benefit? Or do they want to have a portion passed to children if there are children? And I think this becomes particularly relevant when talking about a a second marriage type of scenario Mm -hmm. and so on. And so I think they want to give some consideration as to who they'd like to receive that wealth. Um, Perhaps that isn't necessarily only the surviving spouse. Mm -hmm. And then also in what form do they want them just to receive the wealth directly? Do they want a surviving spouse or or another beneficiary to have full control or access to Mm -hmm. the wealth? Some of those types of items really pertaining to the structure, um, I think they should give some consideration Mm to. And what about, I mean, do a lot of people often put things in place in terms of other beneficiaries? You know, spouse, children, I think sometimes tend to be kind of the natural reaction, but obviously for clients that aren't married or, you know, is is this, is this where they're thinking about th- those issues as well? For many individuals, they wish to have some philanthropic component mm-hmm. included as part of their estate plan or as one of the beneficiaries of their estate plan. And, and for many clients, they're also important individuals in their life that they'd wish to benefit. Um, other family members, friends, mm-hmm. other people who have been important to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So once somebody decides, okay, this is what happens at my death and maybe I have a surviving spouse and children, you know, what's the next question? What's the next part of the thought process? I think for, for many individuals, um, whether they're married or not, and, and for a married couple after they've both passed away, it, to the extent that they want to leave wealth to their children, mm-hmm. I think one of the big components is how they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And particularly if they have minor children, mm-hmm. how are those children going to be provided for? What types of expenses do they feel that their wealth is permissible to be used for? Mm -hmm. And in what format or what form they want their children, regardless of age, to receive their wealth, whether that means that they want their children to have full control and be able to do anything Mm -hmm. they wish with that wealth, or they want to maybe have some controls or parameters around the purposes for which that wealth can be used. So when they're thinking about, you know, possibly creating a trust for a child or even, you know, another family member, what are some of the things they should be thinking about in terms of how to administer that trust or how to structure that trust? I think they want to think about um, the uses for which they feel those trust assets 
can be used. Mm-hmm. So do they want those that trust to be drafted in a very liberal fashion, having mm-hmm. very broad, what we would call distribution powers, meaning that the trust assets could be distributed for, for a broad variety of needs for the beneficiaries? Or alternatively, do they want to be further down the spectrum and, and, and have those trust assets be used maybe for more restricted purposes? And that really comes down to what the individual's needs and objectives and wishes happen to be. Also, I think they should give some thought to, do they want these assets to remain in trust only until the child or the beneficiary reaches a certain age? Mm -hmm. Or do they want those assets to remain in trust for the balance of the beneficiary's lifetime? And if so, who would they like to receive those assets Mm -hmm. after the beneficiary passes away? Mm -hmm. So what about something like, what if there's a specific asset or specific instructions is that, you know, is, do you see that often? And is that something that could, that you can provide for in the trust? Oftentimes there may be an asset that, that represents perhaps a family legacy, Mm -hmm. whether it be a vacation home or an interest in a family business, um, that there are some additional kind of rules or parameters Mm -hmm. around, and that can be identified and included in the trust document um, in specific language directing how that particular asset is to be used. Perhaps it is it is to remain intact and not be sold. Mm-hmm. Um, alternatively, perhaps it is to be sold at some certain um, juncture point in the future, but the document can direct what your particular wishes are as it relates to that particular asset. So it sounds like clients really have a, you know, a lot of flexibility, but a lot yeah. of questions to, to answer for themselves in terms of really thinking about the different levels. Is there a surviving spouse? What, are the, what does that mean? What does it mean for the children? Are we planning for grandchildren, et cetera? So really kind of having some thought, taking some thoughtful time to think th- through those questions will really help in terms of structuring their plan. I agree. I think that there are components of a trust document that need to be in place for various legal Mm -hmm. and tax reasons, but really kind of the crux of the document can be drafted to really meet whatever your goals and objectives are. So giving some thought to what they are in advance will make sure that the document really is a great memorialization of what those wishes are. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wealth Planning Illuminated. We hope you found this topic interesting and that you will continue to explore the variety of wealth planning topics available to you on this channel. Thank you and have a great day. CIBC Private Wealth Management includes CIBC National Trust Company, CIBC Delaware Trust Company, CIBC Private Wealth Advisors Incorporated, all of which are wholly owned subsidiaries of CIBC Private Wealth Group, LLC, and the private banking division of CIBC Bank USA. All of these entities are wholly owned subsidiaries of Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. This document is intended for informational purposes only, and the material presented should not be construed as an offer or recommendation to buy or sell any security. Concepts expressed are current as of the date of this publication only may change without notice. Such concepts are the opinions of our investment professionals, many of whom are chartered financial analyst charter holders or certified financial planner professionals. Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards Incorporated owns the certification marks CFP and Certified Financial Planner in the U.S. There is no guarantee that these views will come to pass. Past performance does not guarantee future comparable results. The tax information contained herein is general and for informational purposes only. CIBC Private Wealth Management does not provide legal or tax advice, and the information contained herein should only be used in consultation with your legal, accounting, and tax advisors. To the extent that information contained herein is derived from third-party sources, although we believe the sources to be reliable, we cannot guarantee their accuracy. The CIBC logo is a registered trademark of CIBC used under license. Investment products are not FDIC insured, may lose value, and are not bank guaranteed.